What's up, guys? Marshall Gamer here, and I would just like to say thank you for listening to the podcast. We are moving along very nicely. We are growing with more and more listens each and every week. And I would also just like to ask you guys that if you have a moment, if you listen on iTunes, please leave a review because it, it just it makes the podcast look awesome. And, it look, and if it's negative, leave some comments and say why so I can fix it and make it better for you as the listener. And also, if you're on SoundCloud, if you listen off of SoundCloud, please follow the channel or leave a comment or like on the on the podcast. I almost said video because I'm used to YouTube. This is still new. It's so exciting. But please leave a review or a like or a follow, guys. I really appreciate the support. Please enjoy the podcast. I'll see you later. Peace out. What is going on, guys? Marshall Gamer here with week number six, I believe, of the MGP podcast. We are a TCG Oh, slash TCG podcast. We just really talked about the Pokemon trading card game. And we have some really sick news this week. First thing on the agenda is European Nationals. European Nationals just happened. And we're not going to go too in-depth. But I did just listen to my own uh, set of podcasts, including PTCG Radio, who went in-depth into Nationals. And please, guys... That man is awesome. PTCG Radio on YouTube, on iTunes. This dude's awesome, and I doubt he's listening because I'm such a little channel, and I bet all of you listen to his podcast already, but if you don't, check it out. It is the best, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, TCG-based podcast out there. I've had an awesome time listening to it, so shout out to him. On to what we were talking about, though. We will talk about TCG Nationals from Europe. We have a couple of those to discuss in terms of which decks hit top eight, what I think about the top eight, and do I think anything is going to change going into Fates Collide. Secondly, we are going to talk more about Steam Siege. Last time I talked to you guys, I recorded on Wednesday, and that next day I had so many cards revealed, so many cards revealed that I need to talk about and I need to show you guys, like a Gardevoir, normal Gardevoir, uh, Shiftry, Azumarill, Volcanion... Uh, Hoopa Unbound, were these all dual types? No, but I will go into which ones were. There's a couple more that I have not mentioned that I will in a little bit. But what I always start off with was, or is, already can't talk. And we're already starting at uh, two minutes, and I'm already here. Cool. I had my birthday yesterday. It is Thursday, May 19th. My birthday is on May 18th. I turned 22 years old. I am a, a young 22 just about to leave college, and 22 years. It's been a big year. Uh, My my 21st year in life, I got really involved in the Pokemon community. I started my YouTube channel. I started streaming, which I have not done in a while, and I don't know if I'll ever return, but I do know that it is something that I I loved. I loved it so much. Uh, I got more involved in the competitive leagues. I got involved in TCG as of late, and... It's been a really awesome year in terms of games, and on my personal side of life, I've had a really, really awesome time. I, In my 21st year, I had a lot of hard classes, but I made it through my, that year of college. My senior year, technically, I have my fifth year still to go. I got into a great relationship. I sung on Broadway with my acapella group, which is unreal if you've seen the movie Pitch Perfect. That competition is real, and yes, I was in it. And wow, it was so incredible. A four-day trip to New York City. And man, this year has really been something special. 
but that that's moving forward. 22nd year, especially with the podcast. The podcast is so new, and I just I'm ready to jump into what the year has for me, especially especially in terms of this. So that's kind of been my week. I, I unfortunately went to school all day on my birthday, but the girlfriend treated me to a very nice dinner. Uh, talked to my family, uh, the usual stuff. A lot of friends said happy birthday, including in, in the Pokemon community. So thank you very much for that. And that was really, that's, that was my week. That was my week. It is Thursday. I just got back from work. I was itching to record this podcast. Just, I was so ready. I was so ready to jump in. And that, that's that's really been my week. So let's move right into the news. And the news first is that European Nationals happened, and we need to take a look at that. I took a look at who won. Top 8, it showed the type of decks. You know, it's nothing nothing too crazy. Probably things that you've seen, again, especially if you listen to PTCG Radio. You heard all about what happened. Breaking it down. It was broken down into four countries, but we're going to look at three mainly because the fourth one is a smaller one that I actually only knew about because I listened to PTCG Podcast. Uh, I only knew about it because I just happened to be listening. The three main countries that were involved were the United Kingdom, France, and Belgium. The UK was won by Tamaho Cameron with a Vileplume Vespaquin deck. France, we had Stephan- Stephanie, I think it's Stephanie. Roof with Night March, and in Belgium we had Sen Carberg with Night March. If I pronounce those names, I butchered them, I'm sorry. Those were the winners. Essentially what you have to know is that out of the three, one was a Vileplume Vespaquin, two were Night March. Now looking more into top eight, I was able to narrow it down in terms of the deck variants that we saw. So the 24 people total, three top eights, 24 people total. There were seven Night March decks. Looking at it, we had three, I believe, in top four. Three Evil Tall variants. I had one that I thought was very interesting. There was an Evil Tall Zorark and Drudagon. So that was kind of cool. But Evil Tall still with Gallade, Zorark, you know, the same kind of deal was existent. Uh, in terms of top four, we had, I believe, two. Three. We had three. Three in the top four. Uh, Greninja, Greninja Break, there were five Greninja Breaks, this is a no order, so that would be why. There were five Greninja Breaks, most of them were on the bottom of the top eight, uh, there were some that skated towards top four, but none of them made it to top four, except for one, there was the fourth, fourth best deck in France was Greninja Break. There were three Trevenant Break decks, which was actually surprising to me, uh, we can go into that in a minute. We had one Mega Sceptile, two Manetric, um... One Mewtwo-Y, Mega Mewtwo-Y, and one Seismitoad Giratina. So that's the deck. And, I mean, we knew Night March was going to be there. We knew Night March was going to be there with 7 of 24. That's almost a third of the decks were Night March. So you kind of just, you assume that, really. Um... Evil Tall, I expected there to be a little bit more, but then again, seeing the five Greninja Breaks, Greninja Break is a deck that is really taking uh, its part in the metagame, the competitive metagame, so I was not super surprised. I wasn't super surprised. I, I figured that the top three decks that I were going to see off the top of my head were Night March, Evil Tall, and Trevenant Break. On the cusp, I saw Greninja Break and Wildplume Vespaquin. 
And Greninja proved me wrong and sco scooted its way as the second most popular deck, which is a nice thing. I like seeing Break as opposed to Night March or an EX heavy deck in the metagame taking over in that spot. So I do really, really like that. But what I was really shocked about was that Vespaquin Vileplume and Trevenant Break weren't as prevalent as I expected them to be. We know Seismitoad is making its way out. We know Manetric EX and Mega Mewtwo EX. Mega Mewtwo EX just can't really be played with Night March in the format. Any Psychic Weakness just can't really be played. Um, but Trevenant Break, I was shocked, wasn't played a whole lot. You know, with the fact that you can run both Trevenants, uh, one Trevenant having the ability Forest Curse, I believe, uh, item locks you. And finally, the new one, newer one from Breakpoint, I believe is what it is, allows you to force your opponents to have one extra energy in order to attack. So the Trevenant from Breakpoint makes it so your opponent's Pokemon need one more colorless energy to attack. And that's really, the, combining those two abilities and mismatching and just being able to use what you want, on top of the fact that you can just evolve it into a Trevenant Break and use Silent Curse, I don't want to misspeak on the name of the attack, uh, does three damage counters, two damage counters, I am just blanking right now, guys, oh my goodness, uh, let me look, I very much apologize, I try to be more organized on these podcasts, but I need to make sure I have the right attack. Silent Fear, three damage counters on each of your opponent's Pokemon. Okay, we got that settled. Let me just recap all of that. You have two Trevenants. One item locks you. One forces you to use one more energy for each attack that you have as the opponent going up against these Trevenants. You then have Trevenant Break. Silent Fear with... Dimension Valley in play, it only costs one energy normally, one Psychic, one Colorless. Put three damage counters on each of your opponent's Pokemon. This is awesome. On top of the fact that Phantom has Ascension, which allows you for one Colorless energy to just evolve into Trevenant as an attack. Like, you can just find Trevenant and it evolves. Like, that, that that's awesome. Uh, uh, Wowafet variants, I'm sure, exist. Uh, there's, there's so many ways to make Trevenant so powerful, especially because it has a dark weakness, okay? It has a dark weakness, and that's not as bad. You have Evil Tall, but that's not as bad. That's really not as bad. Item item lock and, and energy, energy, what's the word here? Allowing your opponent to use more energy than they normally would want to, to attack. Like, it, it's so nice. And maybe it sounds like I'm rambling again because I think my signature is going to be rambling. Trevenant Break is a really good deck, and I was shocked to not see it, but that was just probably a personal opinion. Um, but that might just be me. Might just be me. Uh, again, Greninja Break, I figured I would see. Evil Tall, I thought I would see more. But I keep forgetting that Nightmark is a thing, and I know Evil Tall is such a nice deck with Zorark and Gallade and apparently Dredagon, but... It, I guess it just gets scared away. I guess it just gets scared away. Um, maybe Greninja outspeeds it. Maybe Night March is just too much. There's a lot of things that go into it. But I was really shocked to see that Evil Tall was not around as much. 
Uh, Mega Zeptile, Mega Manectric uh, EX, and Mega Mewtwo is fine. I did like the fact that the headlining deck with Mega Manectric was Jolteon EX, which I really do like. I think that's very cool. They, I think they synergize well with each other. I personally think that uh, looking at the two EXs in Manectric, not Mega Manectric, Manectric and Jolteon, I think Jolteon is the superior. But I think they work well together. Um, Seismito Giratina, Seismito is on its way out. Mega Mewtwo, why Night March? Sorry. When a deck's weak to Night March, like, there's a reason you don't see Mega Rayquaza that much right now. There's a reason for that. It's because of Night March. Like it said, it's 100% because of that. Um, but the number one thing, the number one thing I was surprised about, because it's my favorite deck to play on TCGO, and I know that's a completely different metagame, so do not hark on me for that. Vespaquin Vileplume. Only two. One one a regional, so that was awesome. Um, actually, PTCGO Radio is the last thing I'll say about them. They're not a competitor. They're a friend, and I would, I would, I would that would be so awesome to call them, to call him a friend one day. But PTCGO Radio actually interviewed the U, the UK regional winner, uh, nationals winner, should I say, and he explained all the things that. I personally feel is awesome about the Vespaquin Vileplume deck. Now, he did mention not playing Battle Compressor, so that actually surprises me. But that deck is so cool. The fact that you have Item Lock on command with Forest of Giant Plants and it has so much movement. You go through 40 cards, 40, 50 cards. Like, I've gone through almost my whole deck in one turn. And while that isn't so smart, it, it just shows how fluid that deck can be. And to take down EXs with just a Vespaquin? Like, come on, that's so cool. Especially with Greninja Break bring out around, which is weak. And especially with Night March that can be shut out with items, I personally believe. It, they, a lot of decks get shut down with items. Garchomp got shut down with items, and we didn't see any Garchomps, but that's just another example of what Night March can shut down in terms of the premier decks in the format. So, props to Mr. Cameron for... Winning a re winning a nationals, I keep saying regionals. I apologize. Um, winning nationals with a with a Vespuquin Vileplume deck because that deck is awesome. That deck is awesome, and I really think it's going to stick around for a little bit. Maybe it dims down with Fates Collide coming in. I haven't really looked at how Fates Collide is going to impact the meta completely, but I was shocked. I was shocked to see that Vespuquin Vileplume wasn't there more. Um, I was also kind of shocked to see that Night March wasn't more, but I'm happy to see that 7 was the number. You'd figure it would have been more in a scarier sense. You'd figure that you would have been seeing just Night March everywhere and freaking out, and I would have hated that. But the next part I want to talk about in terms of these regionals and nationals coming up. Regionals is actually happening this coming upcoming weekend in the United States. So watch out for Twitch, watch out for all that to see the live streams. Also, shout out to Europe for having a stream for TCG and VGC and just in general because that's super exciting. I know it isn't over there. So I hope that I get to watch it more because I personally enjoy being able to watch that on a Saturday at work when you don't have anything to do during those slow moments, pop up the stream, see what's going on, see what decks are being played. It's exciting, and it's more things for us to watch, and it's marketing in Europe for Pokemon. So you know what? I say keep doing it. It was awesome and a pleasure to watch. It was well done. Regionals are next weekend, this upcoming weekend for the United States. So keep an eye out for that. 
There's going to be a lot of exciting games going on. A lot of exciting decks. Maybe we will see something surprising. Will we? Probably not. It's not going to be a stale VGC where VGC is just literally the same six. Have you seen those? Go on Twitter or Google or something and type in top eight for VGC. It's horrifying. You will see eight teams of six Pokemon that are literally the exact same, except for maybe one Pokemon on one team. And that one is probably like a Smeargle or something. It's not like, or, or it's a Primal. It's never, it's never like, wow, that dude ran a Primeape? How? Like, what? That's incredible. I need to see that. Like, no, it's not, nothing that crazy. Um, or near that crazy. But then again, it's still exciting. So watch out for that this weekend. Fates Collide will be impacting after all these regionals and nationals have been finished. They'll be impacting the meta. We will be seeing Fates Collide take a dive into the current metagame and seeing how it impacts what's going on. Now again, I haven't taken a huge look to see how Fates Collide will defend defend itself or fend off against the headlining decks. I think we will see Mew, without question. Um, in Night March, I like it. I do like it in Night March. I've heard some people say that it's not going to be the best because it provides another Pokemon slot as opposed to a trainer card, and you have to run basic energy. But some, a lot of Nightmare checks, I'm sure, I'm sure run one or two, because you kind of have to, especially with things like Aegislash being a thing. Um, but that's just my view on it. I think Mew will be used a lot. Uh, building up to it, I think a lot of people will be testing it, because it's probably the most impactful card in the set. Uh, in terms of the meta game, I know on TCGO you can run whatever you want, and it's awesome. It's so cool. I, I personally love TCGO for that reason. Of course, I would die to play real life, but I I don't have tournaments near me. However, I think Mew, I think Alakazam EX. Okay, here here's the deal with Alakazam. Alakazam is a really cool card. Mega Alexam is a phenomenal card, I think, in in isolation. I think it's a really, really good card. When I look at Alakazam and Mega Alakazam, and I put it up to something like Bats, like Zubat, Crobat, Golbat, all those who do that residual damage, even Trevenant Break, I gotta try that. That's going to write down for later. Trevenant Break and Alakazam, we're gonna give that a shot at some point. I... It's weak to Psychic, guys. It sucks. I love Alakazam EX. I really do. I've been testing some Alakazam decks that you will see on my YouTube channel eventually, but man. Oh. It's weak to Psychic and it can't get past Night March. It it falls under the same category as a lot of Psychic decks, especially Mewtwo. I think Mewtwo is such a powerhouse deck. Whenever I go up against it at TCGO, if I'm just playing delays around and just maybe win a couple games that day to go up the versus ladder, and I see Mewtwo, I'm just like, mm, not today. It's hard to deal with. Do not mess around with Mewtwo EX, especially Mega Mewtwo Y. But Alakazam's kind of the same way. You know? It's not good enough. I think maybe in a Trevenant Break deck, you could have it be a late game sweeper of sorts i know that's usually a term used in the competitive game in the literal game or on pokemon showdown you have your late game sweeper something that comes in and does a lot of damage late and finishes off your foe 
you could kind of do this in the trading card game. I think Trevenant Break would obviously be the head honcho of the deck. It would be the leader, and you would try to get Trev Break out and win the game that way. But Alakazam EX kind of makes that deck hyper-offensive. You know, uh, Trevenant Break kind of provides your toxic, so to speak, um, in those three damage counters and builds upon what's going on. And Alakazam EX can come in, maybe put a little more chip damage on, and with Spirit Link, it can be evolved quickly. Dimension Valley, you could have a Trevenant Break and a Mega Alakazam hitting for one energy each. Tell me that doesn't sound exciting. Because you're crazy if it if you don't think it does. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be this viable deck you're going to see overtake Worlds. It's not what I'm saying. It's not. It's not. And if it does, I'm going to be sitting here throwing myself a party going nuts on Twitter at M underscore Marshall Gamer, by the way. Saying that, like, I called it, I called it. You're not going to see it, probably. But that is what it is. Um, I think a really cool deck idea is also Jolteon, Glaceon, Mew. I've seen that a couple times from other people and looked into it myself. It's a cool idea. It probably gets shut down with Hexmaniac too quickly. And just the metagame is a lot more set in stone in the real world, in real life. You know that decks are going to have Hexmaniac. You know that decks are going to have that Lysander. Whereas in TCGO, you're not going to see it as much. So in terms of viability, I, it probably doesn't have as much. And finally, the last set of cards that I think have the only chance. So we have Mew, we have Mega Alakazam, which is a, probably not on the Mega Alakazam, and Zygarde and Regirock. Zygarde Regirock has a pair. Regirock has more of a chance because there are more fighting decks out there like Garchomp, Lucario, um, Machamp EX that can maybe get a boost. I don't think they would make them that viable, um, I wouldn't put Machamp EX into this conversation of top 8, but Garchomp maybe. You know, Garchomp hits for potentially 160. You know, potentially hits for 160. Um, plus a Muscle Banner hitting for 180, Strong Energy hitting for 200. Maybe that Regirunk on the bench hits you to 210 and you can take out that Mega. Y you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not this Game Breaker, but I think Regirock as a tech card... Put it this way. Here's my expectation. Regirock will be at Worlds. Regirock will appear in... It's not going to be in top 8. Regirock will appear. That's what I'm going with. You will see Regirock EX in action and in numbers. You won't see it be in one deck. You'll see it be in multiple. Zygarde EX, I think people are still a little iffy on it. They haven't really taken the time to dive into it, nor should they because this is real life and it's not legal yet, but it's... Zygarde is slow. I know that's what people are saying, and some people think it's a bad, a worse Lucario. I tend to disagree. I think it's actually a better Lucario uh, EX, which has a similar setup. They have three attacks. But I think people are still a little anxious to, to they're hesitant, hesitant's the word. They're hesitant to use it because it is such a slow mon, and maybe with Carbon Break, also from Fates Collide, accelerating it, it will be nice, but then again, Carbon Break is an evolution. You need to get that going. So, Fates Collide, will it impact worlds? 
my expectations, my predictions, and we will predict on our way up to Worlds based on how people are talking and the research I can do and see. I think Regirock will show up. I think Mew will show up. And heck, Chaos Town. You'll see that. The two-sided stadium. You'll see that be thrown in. I think those cards will be thrown in. Oh, well, gosh, duh. N. You'll see N, the supporter. N will be back. Guaranteed. There's no need for a judge now. I think. I think there's no need for a judge unless you're afraid um, you run N. I think N's going to be run 100%. So that's, that's I guess, an impact too. So N will be making an impact. That is my set. That is my, my viewpoint on Fates Collide. Impacting the metal. That was my little spiel on European Nationals. Again, congratulations, Europe, for having the stream. I think that is so awesome. I hope it spreads to more areas in Europe and even past that because TCG streams are awesome streams. However, it's time to move on. We move past that news, and now we'll move on to the news about Steam Siege. And looking at the news, there's a lot of exciting stuff from this expansion that... Oh man, it's going to change stuff. It's going to change stuff. Maybe this exact set in Steam Siege won't change the meta, but gosh darn it, if dual-type cards continue, the meta will be completely different. Last week, we talked about Volcanion. Okay. We talked about Volcanion, and we talked about what's in the set, and we might have briefly talked about this Pokemon, but I believe it actually was revealed the next day. And that is Mega Gardevoir EX. Mega Gardevoir EX is getting a new, a little re-kit, so to speak. It is getting revamped, a new moveset, everything. Even Gardevoir EX, I believe, is new as well. And these cards are very special. One by one, a couple more dual cards have been released in a fashion that has been actually very exciting. So we do have Gardevoir. Gardevoir EX has been revamped as well. It's a new set of moves. The previous Gardevoir has an attack that does 20 and you heal 20. And then with three energies, I believe it does 100 damage and it has no weakness or something. It's not that great of a card. Looking at the new Gardevoir EX, we are still sitting with 170 HP. Link Blast does 30 damage for one fairy and one colorless. This attack does 70 more if this Pokemon has the same number of energy attached to it as your opponent's Pokemon. Uh, it's kind of lame and then blade of light 120 damage discarded energy attached to this pokemon it costs two fairy and one colorless gardevoir ex is not really that great if you ask me which one i prefer i i might be one of those things where i run two and one two of the generations reprint and one of this i kind of don't like this one a lot it's very situational and i don't like discarding energy personally that's just me. Mecha Gardevoir, however, has definitely gotten better. The old Mega Gardevoir, or the current Mega Gardevoir, I should say, has an attack that does 30, no, does 10 plus 30 for each fairy energy that you have in your side of the field. That can rack up very quickly. Okay, it can rack up very, very, very quickly. However, this one is a little different. For one fairy and one colorless, which the current Mega Gardevoir takes more energies. This new Mega Gardevoir can use an attack called Despair Ray. It does 110 damage plus 10 
for each benched Pokemon you discard. Previously, when this card was announced, the translation was that it did 110 plus 30 for each bench Pokemon you, disc you discard. That's broken. The fact that you could discard anything and do 30 more damage, that's crazy. So when the new translation came out and the mistake was made, we all went, phew, okay. Now we can really look at this card and see how it's going to impact the game. It still can do a lot. Okay, it, it disappoints me that it's not as much as a powerhouse as I thought it would be, but I think I need to take a step back and look at it in the sense that it still can be very powerful in the fact that for two colorless energies, it can do 110 damage. That's nice by itself. Um, however, it is a Mega, so you therefore expect a lot more. Mega Gardevoir, EX, and Skyfield will be pretty good friends, I think. I think. I think you'll also really like the fact that you can have your Shamans discarded safely. You can have your Hoopas discarded safely. You can have uh, any tech card of sorts that only sits in your bench for an instant effect. It can be taken off safely. I know you're discarding it, and that's a bummer, but it's better to have it discarded than have it be taking up space on your bench or maybe Lysandered out in a way that it would just get killed. Uh, this is very nice that you can discard them in this way. Plus... Using Puzzle of Time, which I believe is also kind of a no-brainer in my mind, at least looking at this card briefly, I think Puzzle of Time is a no-brainer because you will be able to bring back those cards with two of them, okay? That's kind of nice. It's kind of nice that you actually get to discard these cards safely and bring them back if needed. So Mega Gardevoir with Skyfield, you can potentially do a lot of damage. 210 HP, it's a fairy psychic type, it's weak to metal, so it doesn't share the psychic weakness that its psychic typing would have, which is awesome. And let's talk about the idea that I actually haven't gotten official wording on. This attack costs one fairy and one colorless. We know a cool thing about a lot of psychic types is that they can use Dimension Valley and attack for minimal energy. With Dimension Valley, this Gardevoir only needs one energy, and that is a Fairy energy. However, what someone pointed out to me, which I will bring up in a second, is that they it can potentially attack for zero. Okay, it can it can it can it can probably do that, which I think is a little crazy. The reason I say that is from the card breakthrough from the set breakthrough. Florgis has an ability called Calming Aurora. Aroma, Aurora, Calming Aroma. Each of your Pokemon's attack costs one Fairy Energy less. Two minus two is zero, friends, and zero is what this card could potentially be hitting for, unless I am mistaken and corrected, and if you are here and you're listening and you can correct me, feel free to email me, tweet me, do whatever you need, because I would love to be corrected, because this is terrifying. But Mega Guard was here. It's doing what it do, and it's strong. It's strong. I think Mega Gardevoir actually can make an impact. Volcanion and Mega Gardevoir were awesome cards to headline this set. I think they did a great job with it. On to more cards that came out. We have Azumarill, which is a dual type. And it's nice because the card is a shiny Azumarill. Uh, I like shiny Pokemon. I don't know if you do, but I like them. Two Colorless does play rough. 30 damage plus 30 more if you flip heads. And then its second move, Half Drain. 
two fairy, one colorless, does 80, and you heal 30. It's kind of a mediocre card, but it's cool. It's cool from the collection standpoint, I think. We had Hoopa, who got his own basic card. One colorless, dimensional punch, choose one of your choose two of your opponent's Pokemon. This attack just 20 to each of them. Lame. Sinkhole, 130 damage. This Pokemon can't use Sinkhole during your next turn. Lame. Only way I can see this card being fit into a deck is if you have Dimension Valley and that Dimensional Punch is free. Uh, it's kind of like it, it. It's kind of like a vamped down Trevenant Break. You know what I mean? So maybe Volcanion also gets another card that's not EX. It's just a basic. It's not dual type. Neither is the Hoopa. One Fire Energy Power Heater does 20 damage. Choose two of your bench Pokemon. Attach a Fire Energy from your discard pile to each of them. That is nice. It just gives fire more acceleration, which you can't be mad at. And three energies, it does 100 damage with Explosive Flame, no other additional effects. Volcanion is the better card out of the two. Volcanion is decent. It's nothing great. It's just decent. I kind of view it like I viewed Deoxys, an old basic card that is still around. Uh, you lead with it, and you can draw even if you go first because you can attack with this move and it can hit for damage it can, it can build up it's just like a card that you're happy if you drew seven cards and that was your only card you wouldn't be upset because at least it can kind of move things along a little bit other cards that have been announced we have a reprint of evil tall and xerneas which is fine it's it's just the reprints we know how good those cards are uh, xerneas is not amazing but Xerneas, I believe, will still get its play because it is a fairy type and it moves fairies, uh, it, it vamps them up, and we all know about Evil Tall. Evil Tall is disturbing and I hate it and it's so good. It's so good. The next card that came out is Shiftry. Shiftry is also a dual type. It is a dark grass type. Nuzleaf and Seedot Nuzleaf and are not, they were just normal grass types. Seedot, 50 HP. It has one attack for one grass. Flip a coin. If heads, it gives itself a focus sash. You know what I mean? It gives itself a focus sash. Or it's like endure. It's endure. That's what it is. Um, Nuzleaf. One grass energy. Harden. During your opponent's next turn, if they have an attack that does 60 or less, you cannot be damaged by it. And then for two colorless, Razor Leaf does 20. That is just pitiful. Shifter is sitting here with Evil Wind, 40 damage until the end of your opponent's next turn. All Pokemon tools and stadiums have no effect. This is interesting. Um, uh, I don't really know what to think of it right now. It is a 140 HP base stage 2, but it's, I don't know, e Evil Wind, it, uh, it's fine. I bet I could find its niche. It's niche in the meta, but it's the fact that it's a stage 2 kind of worries me out. However, Forest of Giant Plants is a thing. Second attack, 2 colorless, 60 plus 40 if you have the same amount of cards in your hand as your opponent. And it does 60 plus 40. Extra sensory. That's what it is. The final card I want to talk about before we go into the discussion off of Reddit as I normally do is, well, one thing before. Mega Steelix is going to be a thing. We haven't seen it yet, but it will be. So keep an eye out for that. There is a trainer card that was revealed that is called Greedy Die. It is a trainer card with a very kind of sad name, but here's what it does. 
You can play this card when you take it as one of your face down prize cards. Flip a coin. If heads, take another prize card. Sounds cool, right? If it happens to be in your prize cards and you pull it, maybe have a town map, see if you got it in there, then sweet. If you don't need it, battle compressor it. It's, I don't know. There's not really any cards that allows you to switch your prize cards around. So it's not really that useful. You have a 1 in 10 chance to put it in your prize cards. So a 10% chance every time you play a game that you will actually have this as a prize card. I mean, maybe if you run a couple, sure, sure, but that's still not a very big chance. Um, this card is nice. It also does have a coin flip. It's like cool in theory, the fact that you can take two prize cards when you normally wouldn't. Maybe it's going to win someone a game at some point for no reason. It's going to tick that other person off, but it's interesting. It makes me think that potentially there's going to be a Pokemon that can impact that. You know? I, I feel like it's going to. And that scares me, but that's my hunch. My hunch is that this card, Greedy Die, it's got to be connected to something, you know? It's got to be. But those are the cards. And then what I proceeded to do was to go on to Reddit as we have our weekly chats, and I decided to just make a chat about dual types. I said, hey, these dual types are out. What do you think about them? How do you think they're going to impact the meta? Do you think they're going to impact the meta? Are they cool as collectibles? Did you play when dual types were around before? You know, I just wanted to hear about people's thoughts on them. And I got a lot of responses. So again, thank you guys, and thank you to the TCGO Reddit, the PTCGO Reddit, I should say, for allowing me to do this. Let's look at the comments, shall we? First one, we have a humble potato, which is a phenomenal name. Saying, I'm all new for this dual typing, but he's a little worried that there's going to be a broken card. So, that's a thing. He's right. He brought out Carbon Brink and... Carbink, Break, and Bronzong, which are fighting in steel. And we know that Mega Steelix is going to be fighting in steel. There's potential for broken cards, 100%. Uh, he says more about the fact that it could, uh, they could accidentally introduce a combination that's too strong. And essentially, he's basically saying, I'm worried that they're going to bring a broken card in. And I have to agree with him. It excites me because it's going to be like, for the first minute, you're going to be like, Whoa, it's so cool. Do you see that? It does this and plus this and plus this. It's so strong. But then you're going to play against it a 100,000 times and go, why did I ever think this was a good idea? I think they definitely, definitely run that risk, especially with the steel type being able to have uh, access to strong energy. Oh, man. That's going to be sweet and scary. Sweet, scary. I don't know. We'll see. Another person that commented, we have Tenebrous Umbra which I talked about the Mega Gardevoir, and he responded with, the thing with Florges is that it's a stage two, and it's going to be hard to get that out. So Mega Gardevoir probably won't be happening for at least attacking for zero energy. And I, I mean, I agree. It's nothing amazing, but it's nothing like that consistent. But the theory in that Mega Gardevoir can attack for zero energies, possibly, is pretty cool. I think it's really awesome, and it scares me, but... It's cool. Again, that's cool. These broken cards, their, their broken potential is cool. It scares me, but it's, it's cool. 
And then pretty much for the rest of the comments, they all said the same thing that kind of aligns with what a lot of us are saying. It's cool. You know, it's, it's new, it's different. And that's what people are excited about. And we're not going to talk too much about this post because all of these people, shout outs to DG Ice, shout outs to Super Dan, shout outs to XJKMX, shout out to Puma, all these people that commented. Thank you so much for commenting ELB95. If I miss you, I'm so sorry. But those are the main people that I see commenting on this post. And they all kind of agree for the most part. We have a humble, the humble potato is very scared. The humble potato is very scared. Keep that in mind. It's cool. It's awesome. The fact that we have dual, dual cards and break evolution and all these things, it's it's really interesting. When I first got into the TCG, I, all I really knew about was that there were basic cards and there were EXs. And then EXs got Mega Evolution, and you're like, okay, this is cool. They're still just EXs. And then Break came out. And then Break came out, and that got me interested a little bit more in this meta, in the trading card game, and that's kind of why I jumped into this. I saw Break Evolution and thought, huh, they're switching things up. Now there's Normal Evolution, there's EXs, and there's Break Evolution. Another mechanic makes things very interesting. Now you have dual types. Now we have Evolution, we have EXs, we have Break Evolution, and we have dual types. Will they be impactful? Will they be broken? Will they just fade into the darkness and never come again after Steam Siege? Who knows? Who really knows? I think they're going to continue because there's no way they didn't just invest their time into one set and go, alright, moving on. No more dual types. But it's exciting. It's exciting, and that's the cool part about it. So I went to the public, I went to the Reddit, I went to the everyone and said, hey, what do you think about these dual cards? I think they're awesome. I think they're, they could be a little broken, but I think they're so exciting and I can't wait to collect them and play them. I wanted to see what everyone else thought. Because my last post, there was a couple of people that disagreed with what I said or disagreed with my post, and I was a little worried. I didn't want people to go, eh, well, dual types are just kind of stupid. I don't know why you want to talk about this. However, everyone kind of had the same idea as me, in that, hey, this is new stuff for the trading card game. The trading card game is a little stale right now. Not as stale as the end game, but it is stale with Night March, and they want to change. I think a lot of people want a change. There is a happy medium in metas. There's a happy medium in the way things change. One thing that I really, really like is Smite. I like how Smite's meta changes. Every other three, four weeks, maybe, they release a new god or they change a character or they buff things. And you can't really do that in a trading card game in terms of buffing. But I really do like that there's metas that change. And they don't change drastically, but they alter slowly. And we're seeing that with Break, but... We're still seeing Night March just be this king, and what drives me nuts is that there's not really a check to it. Sure, Vileplume Vespaquin, sure, Jolteon EX, like, but they aren't really true checks, and maybe dual types will come with these cards that are dual typed and have and have effects or have attacks that can stop Night March, and in collaboration with the fact that it holds two typings and has access to those cards that go along with those typings, just like Psychic Fairy, 
Dimension Valley, Fairy Garden, all that applies to Mega Gardevoir. Mega Steelix, Strong Energy, Focus Sash, uh, Regirahi X, Bronzong, Metal Links, you could go on forever. Uh, Azumarill, a Fairy Water type. You have access to Rough Seas, you also have access to Fairy Garden. There's, there's a lot of things. Dark Patch on Shiftry with Forest of Giant Plants. These combinations are really, really cool. They're interesting. That's what makes it so exciting. And looking at what everyone else said, I think they agree. So there's really not much to go into on this. Because we're, we're all equally excited for what's coming to the TCG. And if you disagree and you're listening, again, please reach out to me. Please reach out to me. I am on Twitter. I am on YouTube. I just had a video go up today about Lugia and Aerodactyl and a deck analysis on TCGO. I hope you check it out if you listen to this far. But I, I, I'm reachable. I have an email, mmarshallgamer at gmail.com. Uh, you, can, you can find ways to reach out to me and give me your opinion. What do you think about them? Maybe you didn't get a chance to comment on this post. I don't know. What do you think? I want to know what everyone thinks about this change. Maybe what they think about how Fates Collide is going to impact the meta. Now I'm moving into this whole general idea that I want this community involvement. And maybe I'll say this at the end of every podcast and you'll think I'm crazy, but the reason I do this podcast is not to get views. It's not to get all these things. Of course, at the beginning I ask, can you please review the podcast or follow the, follow the SoundCloud and all that stuff so I see the support growing. That's just for the sake of knowing that there's growth, but the reason I want that growth is because there's involvement. There's people that that want to talk to me about what I want to talk about. You talk about. You don't always get that in, in the real world. You have your select group of friends that do, and you can talk about that, that, that stuff with them. But there's nothing like a community on the internet that everyone is only there to talk about one thing that we all love. And that's pretty incredible to me. So that is, that's why I do this. And that's why I, I beg that even if it's negative, even if it upsets me, please, please reach out to me. Because that's what we're about. That's what we're about. And that's what I want this channel to be about. So without further ado, I will bring this podcast to a close. You know, we usually go around 45 to 50 minutes. Um, I know a lot of podcasts go an hour, but I talk really fast. I talk super fast. And we're still learning about podcasts. All that good stuff. The question will be up on Reddit. I always have a question on Reddit for the discussion of the next podcast on Mondays. It's always going to be up on a Monday and never will change. Podcast goes up on a Friday. Reddit discussion goes up on Monday. Next podcast is recorded on Wednesday or Thursday. It is the same rotation every single time, and that will never change. Will we have exciting news next week? Probably. My bet is that we're going to see Mega Steelix. And we'll be able to talk about U.S. Regionals. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Check out Twitch this weekend to see U.S. National, uh, U.S. Regionals. Check out PTCG Radio, as I talked about before, as another podcast that is way beyond my reach. It's so good. It's crazy. Go follow him or check out his stuff if you haven't yet. Have a nice day, guys. Check out my YouTube. Check out my Twitter. Email me again. I'll see you next time. Peace out.